All right, I've been diving into the book of Matthew in the last week or so. And today I'm reading Matthew 13, so I want you to kind of read with me. So this is where Jesus dives into a bunch of different parables. He's talking about seeds being sown. Which one are we? He's talking about the wheat and the weeds and the mustard seeds. Great stories, great parables by Jesus. So join me today. We'll read Matthew 13. Maybe we'll learn something. Let's go. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Morning, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Bible Reading Coffee Drinking. Today, we're diving into Matthew 13. Uh, I like to try to spend a little bit of quiet time each morning reading my Bible, spending time with God uh, before I get my day going. So I've been diving into Matthew in the last probably week or so uh, in the mornings, uh, and I've been doing that. So today for this episode, instead of picking another list of verses or another chapter or whatever that may be, I decided just to read along with you guys on my morning time. Uh, So Matthew 13 is where we're located today. And uh, so where it is, is after the Sermon on the Mount, this is Jesus talking about a bunch of parables. Uh, they can be confusing, um, but they a lot of the, even the disciples didn't understand them at the time, but we're going to read through and talk about them a little bit. So before I do that, make sure you check out livingchristian.org, which is my website, a Bible verse list, an apparel store. We have a hoodie sale going on right now. Uh, use that code hoodie 23 for your 20% discount, but we got Bible verse lists, we got videos, we have uh, blog uh, posts, we got all sorts of stuff on livingchristian.org. So check it out. If you missed any of these episodes, you can watch or listen to them right there as well. So let's dive into Matthew 13 today. This is Jesus talking about uh, the farmer scattering seeds. So these are parables. These are stories. And for those new to the Bible, maybe this is Jesus's way of kind of uh, teaching lessons at times. Uh, he'll sit down with the disciples, or with other people for that matter, and tell kind of stories, uh, or parables as they're called in the Bible, which is kind of a, a metaphor or a, a way of teaching a lesson and describing things without just coming out and saying. So he, he, he's a storyteller, right? Jesus loves to tell a story. And in Mark thir- or Matthew 13, he's got several of them. Uh, so let's start with the parable of the farmer scattering seed. All right, later the same day, Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as people stood on the shore. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the the field, some seeds fell on a footpath. The birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell along thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still, some seeds fell on fertile soil, and they could produce a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as he had planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Jesus always has that phrase of uh, anyone with ears to hear or eyes to see. Uh, That's another one of his uh, favorites. So if you have ears and you're listening to him and you try to think about what he's saying, uh, you should understand. Uh, and then, uh, and I'll explain in a second. So verse 10, 
His disciples came to him and say, Why do you use parables when you talk to the people? He replied, You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understand, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But those who are not listening, even while what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. This is why I use parables. So, okay, so this first parable, uh, it's pretty straightforward, pretty simple, I think. Uh, he's talking about the different types of believers. Uh, so the different type of people. So, so are you, a, is your life, is your foundation of your faith, right? Is that seed that God planted in you, is it buried in on a footpath and shallow soil uh, and amongst other thorns and weeds? Uh, and finally, the one that we want to be, which is the seeds that fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop 30, 60, even 100 times. So ask yourself today, your fa- foundation of your faith, your your focus on Jesus, right? Where is it? If, if it's rooted in Jesus and Jesus alone and not in this world, then you'll be on fertile ground. If you try to split it up and have some focus on Jesus and some focus on this world, you're like the third example where you're going to get choked out, right? You're going to get choked out by the weeds and the thorns. So you got to be careful kind of where you, you know, who you surround yourself with, what influences around, and how much time you spend cultivating your faith. Plant your seeds in deep soil, firm foundation with Christ, and get the rest of the garbage out of the way. Don't surround yourself with thorns and weeds. Don't just have a shallow relationship with Christ. Have a deep relationship with Christ. Uh, so that's the first parable. Let's keep reading. We finish this one. Get to the next one. Sorry about that. For uh, for they look, but they do not see. They hear, but they do not really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. And those have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let them heal. Verse 16, But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see. And they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear. Now listen to the explanation of the parable of the farmer planting seeds. And this is Jesus' explanation, not mine, okay? (laughs) Verse 19, The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, we talked about that, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell along the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. All right, it's talking about being sharing your focus on him and the world, which we don't want. Verse 23, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. So if you have firm roots with your seeds, a firm foundation in your faith, you hear, you dive into the word, and you understand what he's saying, you're going to spread that to other people around you and produce fruit beyond what you can understand.
All right, let's keep going. Got more parables to, to knock out. Like I said, this is a long one. Uh, verse 24, parable of the wheat and the weeds. Here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the workers slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crops began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmers were the farmers' workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted the good seed is full of weeds. Where did that come from? Verse 28, an enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them into the wheat, and put the wheat into the barn. So I could do an entire 30 minutes on these three paragraphs. What the farmer is talking about here, he planted the seeds, the enemy came, the devil came, and planted weeds among the, amongst the harvest. Okay, so just like us, God has planted us on the earth, and the devil has infiltrated and surrounded us by weeds in our life. So what does God say? Okay, we're not going to kill the weeds because you'll kill the wheat, right? So he, what he wants to do, and unfortunately for us, we're surrounded by weeds in this world. And what God's going to do is let us all grow together, right? Let us, us as the wheat, grow as good as possible, and then he'll sort it out at the end. It goes back even a foreshadow to what Revelation talks about of separating the wheat and the chaff. Uh, it's the same similar concept to where God, eventually at the end of our lives, will separate us out from the devil and from the worldly mess and from the wheat, or I'm sorry, from the weeds that are growing us up around our lives, okay? Verse 31, this is the parable of the mustard seed, and this is a great one. Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in the field. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and the birds will come and make nests in its branches. That's a pretty easy one to understand. It's the smallest seed, but it grows huge, and it, you just need a little faith, okay? You just need a little faith. And if, you, if your faith, even if it's as small as a mustard seed, if you cultivate it, it can grow to be the largest in the garden, it says, where trees and birds and will make nests in its branches. So your faith will support you, support other things, even if it's as small as a mustard seed. All right, a sip of coffee, and we're going to dive in 33. This is the parable of the yeast. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast of a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet. Going back to Isaiah. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain things hidden since the creation of the world. So once again, the, the parable of the yeast is very similar to the mustard seed. It just takes a little bit of faith. But you got to be true to that faith, and you got to want to grow that faith. And the yeast, or the mustard seed, will grow if you give it the right ingredients around it. If you give it the right environment around it. If your faith will grow if you 
Dive into uh, the Word of God. Read your Bible. If you're steady in prayer, if you're you know steady as surrounding yourself as a Christian life, uh, I promise your faith will grow, just like the mustard seed, just like the yeast. Okay. Uh, now we're gonna. He's gonna explain a little bit about the wheat and the weeds. Then uh, this is verse thirty-six. Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, "Please explain to us the story of the weeds uh, in the field." Jesus replied, the Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. Son of Man, for those who don't know, is Jesus. Uh, This is a reference to the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Uh, So he calls himself the Son of Man. The field is the the world, and the good seed represents the people in the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. We talked about that. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. We talked about the prophesizing what he's talking about in the book of Revelation where he's sorting out. Okay, Verse 40, Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all that do evil. And the angels will throw them in the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine in the sun, in their Father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Okay? That's what we talked about. I already kind of explained it a little bit, but that's what he's talking about with the weeds and the wheat. we got a couple more parables here. This is verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout of choice pearls. When he discovered the pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and bought it. It's talking about being dedicated to the kingdom of heaven. Okay, It's like a pearl. Parable of the fishing net. Verse 47. Sorry. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that has thrown into water and and caught fish of every kind. When the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down, and sorted the good fish into crates and threw the bad ones away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into a fiery furnace where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand all these things? Yes, they said, we do. Then he added, Every teacher of the religious law who becomes a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. All right, we got one more. That's the last parable, actually. Um, so let's talk about the parable of the fishing net and uh, the pearl, the hidden treasure of the pearl. So now Jesus has moved into, okay, I'm going to talk to you guys about the seeds, how you have your your, your faith planted, uh, how do you have your foundation planted in good soil. You want to be in good soil and produce good wheat. Uh, you want to make sure that you're not surrounded by weeds, but you will be because the devil will try to smother you out. Right, but all it takes is a little bit of faith, uh, you know. Focus on Jesus, and no matter how small you think you are, whether you're a mustard, mustard seed or some yeast, cultivate your faith. Right, focus on Jesus, and you will grow in your faith. So, no matter what, even if you have weeds around you trying to choke out your wheat, uh, even if your faith is as small as a mustard seed or yeast, uh, you will rise and you will grow. Now he's kind of moved into the last part, which is the parables of the hidden treasure of the pearl and of the fishing net. 
Now he's talking about what the kingdom of heaven will be like, right? He talks about it being a pearl, which is a very valuable thing, the most valuable thing. And how this, what he's talking about, uh, was this man who discovered the pearl, discovered what heaven was like, and sold everything, and just gave everything away for that pearl. Now he describes heaven as the fishing net, whereas in God will use his net to catch all the fish, all the fish, and then sort them out. Kind of goes back, and he's talking about the wheat, right? It's all the same story over and over and over in different ways. Jesus is talking about having firm foundation in your faith, surrounding yourself with what you need to do to be close to God. The devil's going to fight you. He's going to fill your field full of weeds, but God will use a fishing net to clear it all out. He'll catch every fish. Every person on earth will get caught up in a way in the fishing net, and then God will sort out the righteous ones, the good fish, from the bad fish. He will sort out the wheat from the chaff. He will sort out the weed, the wheat from the weeds. Okay? So he's talking about the end of days, the end of times. And if you read in Revelation, he talks about the day of judgment, whereas in Jesus is going to sit on his throne and separate out the sheep and the goat, the wheat and the chaff, the weeds and the wheat, the good fish and the bad fish, all these things he's talking about, the judgment of God. But the kingdom of heaven is a beautiful thing. It is a pearl. So he's trying to entice people to understand that this world, the devil will try to smother you out. But if you keep your faith strong, even if it's as small as a mustard seed, if you keep your faith, you'll end up in the net of the fishermen. You'll end up in the kingdom of heaven. You'll end up being separated out as righteous. That's all of these parables are talking about. Uh, kind of what to, how to focus on Christ and how to get to heaven, in essence. Right? What he's saying is, Jesus has firmly planted you, your seed in fertile soil. Have your your uh, your your we. I'm sorry, your uh, roots deep as possible. Focus on him, and ignore the weeds that are growing up around you, because they are. You can't stop them. And even God talks about not stopping the devil from surrounding us with bad stuff. He's just going to let it happen and separate it out at the end. So, all right, last bit. Jesus is rejected in Nazareth. I know this is after the parables, but it's the last part of 13, so let's read it. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, all his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then the then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did a, only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. All right, so there's several stories in the New Testament where Jesus talks about— I remember there, there's one, I think it's— uh, and Matthew 12, I apologize, but he sends the disciples out to the different towns to do miracles and to preach the good word. And he talks about, go there with nothing, 
right? And if you get to that town and somebody invites you in their home, fine, great, accept them. They'll provide for you. But if you get to this, this town and they reject you, brush the dust off your feet and go on to the next one. And this is similar to what is happening in Jesus. Okay, this is the next chapter. Jesus goes to Nazareth and gets rejected by his hometown because they couldn't understand how he was doing these things. Uh, and he was, they just looked at him as a common man, as a common person, as a carpenter's son. And this is some of the, um, the two, thing, two points I'll make, and then we'll wrap up Matthew 13. Um, two points. One is people will dismiss Jesus as just a man. Oh, he's not God. He, he came, he's here, he's a prophet. Or they'll try to dismiss his holiness. Uh, other religions do it, right? And non-believers do it. And they don't fully understand or appreciate what Jesus is doing. So just know that they did this to Jesus himself in Nazareth. And what did he do? He did very few miracles. And he left. And he left, just as, as he instructed the disciples to do, brush the dust off their feet of that town, if they reject, and go on down the road. It's not that Jesus doesn't want other people to be saved. It's not that he doesn't want Nazarenes to be saved. He does. But he gives people a chance. And if you reject Jesus, which I believe is the, the unforgivable sin, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, the rejection of Christ— that is really the only sin that Jesus can does not forgive, because you have to accept him. You have to understand that he's not just a carpenter's son. He, he's not just a man that tells good stories. He is God. So accept Jesus today, okay? Just as Jesus wanted the towns to accept the disciples, and they want, he wanted Nazareth to accept him, but they didn't. Not everybody will, unfortunately. Not everybody will. But the lesson for you and me is don't be like those people because Jesus left them, and we don't want Jesus to leave us. We want him to stay as close as possible. So accept his, uh, the fact that he's God. Accept what he's trying to do to you. Accept his miracles. Accept who he is and embrace it. And all those stories we heard today about the parables will come true in your life. Okay? All right, sip of coffee, and we only have about three minutes. I, I knew this was going to be a long one. Sorry, guys. Let's have a, uh, a question or two, and then uh, we'll pray real quick, okay? Uh, so I apologize for uh, this being uh, so long, but it's a good one, right? Uh, guys, having beers is a sin to keep it. Uh, I trimmed my beard, as you may have noticed, but uh, no, it's not a sin to keep your beard. Uh, we are not bound by the Levitical laws like the Levitical priests were in the Old Testament. So you've got to read that in context, if that makes sense. Uh, and and um, so we're not bound by those laws. So yeah, we can have beards and we can eat uh, seafood and we can have uh, multi-blended uh, t-shirts or whatever that may be, okay? <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that's a great question, though. Um, I'm so grateful for Matthew 6, verse 34, relieving my anxiety. Very good one, that's for sure. Let's have one more question, and then uh, we'll get out of here. All right, there's one here. Uh, uh, same thing. Uh, is it a sin for females to have hair extensions, piercings, uh, wearing earrings, etc.? No, it's not. I'll go back to—this is kind of a common confusion amongst people who maybe haven't studied the entire Bible and understand— um, 
the context of it all. So the you have to read the old like Leviticus in terms of historical uh, book. Uh, and uh, so there's things in the Levitical laws uh, that the Jewish people at the time, and even the, the uh, Levite priest at the time, had to abide by in order to kind of be right with God. Uh, not wear, you know, mul- you know, kind of mixed fabrics, uh, trimming your beard, eating shellfish, tattoos, all those things were part of those kind of Levitical laws that at the time, people in the priest at the time, but a lot of Jewish people at the time were trying to earn their way to heaven. And these are the kind of the regulations to kind of earn favor with God. And we don't have to do that anymore because Jesus came down and absolved us. He fulfilled those laws, right? He fulfilled those laws. Now, do we or should we, is a better way to say it, still abide by some of the laws like the Ten Commandments? Absolutely. But those kind of ceremonial laws at the time um, were, 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 um, were meant for those people at the time, if that makes sense. Uh, so don't get too harped on those things, okay? Uh, otherwise, it's it's you're losing the focus of the good news. You're losing the focus of what Jesus did for you. He came to to fulfill those laws because we couldn't, okay? We didn't have the ability as humans to unfortunately abide by all those laws in order to get to heaven. We didn't have the ability to do that. We continued to sin and continued to break those laws. So God knew that. Uh, we didn't have the makeup in order to do that, so he sent Jesus down to absolve our sins. Okay, that's the difference. I'm sorry, that's that, that's a whole other podcast, <laughs> I believe. So uh, anyways, uh, let's have a prayer, a sip of coffee and a prayer, and we'll get uh, our week going. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these lessons that you taught us today in Matthew 13. I know we get confused. I know the parables sometimes are hard to understand, but you do explain them right in the writings that you gave to us, and I'm so thankful for that. Lord, help us foster our faith, Lord. Sometimes our faith feels like it's not even as big as a mustard seed. This world and its weeds and the devil are, are, are stifling and suffocating to us in our lives, and, and we get lost up in it, Lord, and we're, we're sorry for that, and we apologize for that. But we're asking for the strength to grow through those weeds, to, to focus on our faith, to cultivate our faith, and let it grow and grow and grow. And I know with you, Lord, anything is possible. And with you, Lord, you give us the strength and the knowledge and the determination to not get wrapped up in this world, but to focus only on you. We're so thankful for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great Monday. Hope your week goes great. Uh, Keep Jesus as a center and the focus of your life this week, and I promise you, your life will change. It It will improve, and you won't even recognize the person you were before accepting Jesus. I promise you that. So stay focused. Uh, Thanks for listening today, or thanks for watching today. And until next time, keep Jesus on your heart and forever on your mind. God bless you guys.